go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the Soccer Central News Podcast. I am Tyler Bates. That, on the other side of me, not live in person, but on phone itself, is Kyle D'Antoni. Kyle, how are we this evening? I am great. Ready for show number two of the night, my friend. Yes, we just finished up one here soon. If you haven't listened to it already when it's out, go listen to our first part tonight. It was about Darby's. And I'll bring in another person, though. We finally have somebody who was going to come in and talk to us idiots on this tonight. <laughs> just a little bit more. But I brought in a good friend of mine. He knows his stuff. An avid Chelsea supporter and Seattle and Seattle Sounders fan. So a big rival with me in the Cascadia Cup. But it is Mr. Mason Benson. Mason, welcome to the program. Yeah, this has been fun. I enjoy talking into a phone, into the abyss. And everyone has to listen yes. to what I have to say. Well, kind of how you have to do it these days in the world that we live in itself. But three topics that I want to get into tonight, just a little bit there. I don't want to spend, we don't want to go too overboard since we've already done one episode tonight. But let's start in on the first one, and that is in the EPL for U2 itself. We've kind of seen the race itself. We've seen what's been happening uh, magically itself. Pep Guardiola has brought Manchester City back into first place and not only into first place, but he holds a 10 point lead right now over Manchester United and Leicester City going into the standings of right now. I didn't think it could happen, but it is happening right now. And they're doing it with without Kevin De Bruyne being out with a sort of regression of Sergio Aguero, where he hasn't really seen any time where he's been dealing with injury itself. So the question comes to me, Kyle, for the first one for there for you. Are you ready to concede the EPL title to Manchester City? Yes or no? And why? No. Next question. No. Okay, so yeah, so here's the thing. Major props to City. Uh they've been playing through their through their cleats. Um and they're they're hot they're just on a hot streak right now. It's 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 uh, it's awesome to watch, and even w- watching them play is just—it's so much fun to watch them play. Um, but if you look at who can even stop them, I mean, look at their recent look at look at their recent uh, you know the recent stats. You know, three nil Spurs, four one against Liverpool. But was it five nil versus West Brom? Uh, the last three one against Chelsea, uh, and then their last loss. Uh, was to, I believe, Liverpool. So, like, you know, sorry, it was against Spurs. Um, so, like, w- when you think about it, what team can actually stop them? And I think that's where the issue is, is that when you're looking at the rest of the table, what team can actually stop them? Hmm. In the top, in the top, well, I mean, just looking at the table now, in the top five, what team do you actually think you could stop them given their recent history? It doesn't look bright for the top five teams, but they have made slip ups here and there uh, throughout the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. But I am not <laughs> conceding a title to them. However, their goal differential is staggering. <laughs> um, and they're, they're, they're just so fun to play. And, and, and I, I just leave it at that. It's that if you look at their recent history and who they played against and who they beat, who can stop them? Sure. And because and, people are making this argument about Liverpool. Liverpool was playing so great, and then they started losing players, right? And they had the big Virgil van Dijk injury, right? And that was a huge whole fiasco with uh, um, Jordan Pickford, 
right? Everyone remembers that. We t- discussed it on the show. Sure. Yeah, we um, did. And, and Liverpool was like, oh, yeah, Liverpool is going to make a title run. And then they had a swarm of defense flaws, right? And then they lost a lot of defenders. And now City has taken over, right? And then we, had, we saw the surge of, a surge of United, mm-hmm. right? And then New Dynamo has kind of fall, you know, fallen off the wagon a little bit with a handful of draws. And then City just seems to gap. So what team could actually make – can actually – challenge them uh points wise i don't i don't see much however i do see uh recent informed chelsea uh making a push and i do see lester um making a push well it's funny you mentioned chelsea there because mason can tell us a little bit maybe just a little bit more me mason yes or no since you're the chelsea minded on a little bit of a streak right now can it are they are they winning the title or can there be a little bit of contention so my brain says it's over you know pack it up let's end this now but my gut says let's hold on a little bit you know yes they're in a great form they're in great form right now but so is tottenham people forget tottenham you know Mm -hmm. went a month pretty much you know just rolling teams looking like I, yeah. You know, like they were going to run away with the title. What's really it will be interesting to see is how these other domestic and international cups go. You know, if City say City progress far in Champions League, which they're expected to do, you know, and also in the FA Cup, you know, w- when you have to start rotating your squad, you know, there's there are chances for slip ups. You know, all it takes. I mean, or even look at Manchester United as a great example. You know, they went the month of December just rolling. And now they've had three draws in a row. You know, they, they're winless in three. And all of a sudden now, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're 10 points back. You know, they were up three points on Manchester City to start December. And now here we are, end of February, or, you know, middle of February, and they're down 10 points. So, yes, you know, mathematically it says they're probably going to win it. But I'd say Leicester, Leicester's my bet. If anyone's going to make a run, is, is Leicester. Because Thank they, you. They're, they have had injuries in that midfield, but they just next men up. I mean, look at their back line. They've sold, you know, just this year or, you know, going into this past year. You know, they, they lost their starting left back in Ben Chilwell to us. The year prior, they lost Harry Maguire to Manchester United. Next man up. I mean, these guys have some of the best, you know, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Brendan Rodgers is so underrated. It's not even funny. That man, I don't know what he does. Absolutely. I don't know what voodoo he does over there in Leicester. But, I mean, Jamie Vardy, you know, even even on one leg. Even on one Not leg, e- that man is going to put in 15 goals. Yeah. Jamie Vardy isn't even playing yeah. half the games, nor is he starting. And here, here's the thing. If you look at the actual stats, is that City have just recently come into form, right? Uh, maybe was it – I'm looking at the uh, – probably like the Chelsea game when they started coming into form. Great. And we were talking about Leicester, right? Thank you for saying Leicester because I agree because Leicester is the only team in the top, let's put let's say five because uh, West Ham was kind of jumping with Everton and, and all, we all know that Leeds was up there as well. But Leicester is the only team that's actually been consistent within the top four to five. Yeah. So that's why I say Leicester. I mean, mm. as much as I love to say mm. Chelsea's going to keep the- on winning – you know, we're not going to win. A, we're not going to lose a single game for the rest of the season. You know, realistically, you know, we're too. I think we're too far back. But Leicester is my. If I were to say someone's going to, you know, beat you know beat City to the title, it's going to be Leicester. 
Mm. For a couple of things in there, to your guys' points, just a little bit. I, I, for me, being the neutral person, because I don't have a. Man down, man down. He'll come back. My phone's not even moving. Sorry. You good? Okay. Yep, I got you. Cued in okay. at... For, yep, for a couple ahead. of things. Yep. Here's what I see, and I'm looking at what the schedules are going to look like between the two teams itself. You've got, and I start with Manchester United. Manchester United's going to have, they just finished up the first leg of Europa League, which we'll mention a little later. They're going to have Manchester, they're going to have Newcastle on Sunday. They will play Real Sociedad again to return leg of the Europa League. They're going to have Chelsea here in about a week. They'll have Crystal Palace and then the Manchester Derby, West Ham and Leicester City coming up for Manchester United in FA Cup quarterfinal action. That schedule does not benefit very well for Manchester United's sake. Meanwhile, I look on the other side of things. Leicester City is going to be dealing with Arsenal, or with Aston Villa this coming Sunday. Their Europa League return trip. They'll deal Arsenal in about a week. Burnley, Brighton, and then leading into the quarterfinal action of FA Cup. If Leicester City, like you both mentioned there, if Leicester City is going to make any jump or any gap of the pace to really fend off Manchester United and make a push to Manchester City, yes, they're the team that looks like to me that are going to be positioned enough because there are winnable games there in most in most cases for them leading up to that Manchester United uh, brawl that's coming up here later on in the FA Cup quarterfinals. So I think in this, in the broad sense of things, yes, I see both. I can see Leicester City being the team to me that would be the only one. Now, don't tell our Manchester United fans on the page though that do not convince them otherwise, because I have many battles with my Manchester United friend on this every single day regarding this stuff. So, but it is an interesting kind time to see again. It's just amazing to see what Manchester City and what Pep Guardiola can do with Manchester City and what we didn't think could happen from forehead. Now, moving on to another subject, this is a, one of the biggest reasons why I bring in Mason tonight because he's a big expert in Chelsea and where he follows it itself. There's been a nasty rumor story itself that has been coming out now, and we saw it today in an interview. Uh, Chelsea, the, the club for Chelsea has been considering something about the future of the American boy wonder, Captain America himself, and Christian Pulisic. Now, as we recall remembering, he was brought over from Borussia Dortmund for a record fee of about 75 million pounds at the time, the most expensive American to be brought over into the Premier League. And really, up until a certain injury in the FA Cup in the second half, I personally thought that Christian Pulisic had been playing true to the form. He had been given the number 10 jersey. And when absolutely 100% healthy, I agree with Mason that he is the best player that Chelsea has. Now, I want to bring this in, though, to Mason, and I want him to lead into this. These rumors that are happening saying that Tuchel really won't speak about it, nothing's going to happen, obviously, right now with the transfer window being closed. But is there reason to believe, though, Mason, that Chelsea would actually move on from Pulisic after only two seasons and given what they paid for? So Chelsea are notorious for dropping big money signings and then, you know, underperforming and then just disappearing off the face of the earth. People forget that we signed the likes of Lukaku before he was good. Uh, Lukaku? Before he was good. 
and Kevin De Bruyne, you know, before he was there. <laughs> you know, Chelsea are notorious for this. And I and you know, when Christian is on his day, he is unplayable. I can remember <laughs> back during Project Restart, we were playing Liverpool, and oh, Liverpool, geez. you know, could have clinched the title yeah. that day, and they did. You know, they beat us. But Christian came on for the last 20 minutes and embarrassed that Liverpool back line, scored an amazing goal, had another great assist. I mean, on his day, he is, yes, you're, you're right. He is 100% worthy of the number 10 jersey. But, and this is where the big butt comes into play, is he is injury prone. Whether by his fault or his own, you know, he mm-hmm. cannot stay healthy. And with this, with dropping 400 million pounds, this summer in transfer fees for the likes of Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, and um, Hakeem Ziyech. Yeah, that right there, those, those three guys total 150 million euros. Those three guys. And all three of those guys can play Christian's position. So if he can't stay healthy, I mean, the, the board has no other option than to sell. I don't think they will personally. I think that they will that Chelsea will offload other players to make room, but it's kind of right now it's kind of a game of musical chairs, you know. We have yeah. you're right at work. We have four in the system that Tuchel is playing at the moment with his three four three. You know, we have essentially four spots, four starting spots that we have seven or eight players competing for. You know, if you you know in any sort of scenario, no one is happy. You know, Chelsea have an up-and-coming youth prospect in Callum Hudson-Odoi, which Bayern tried taking him away for the past two seasons, who's up-and-coming, who is a great winger. Timo, depending on where the manager wants to play him, can play on the wing or down the middle. But if we play him down the middle, you know, we have Tammy Abraham. Once again, another young up-and-coming English player who's performing really well. You know, Christian could, if he doesn't perform well, lose his spot you know just just the nature of chelsea you know we're not afraid to drop big dollar signs you know you know we spent i believe 80 million dollars on navarro morata and you know that (laughs) that didn't work out very well for us so you know chelsea is not afraid to splash cash their problem is splashing cash in the right way so some of it is christian you know this season christian has not looked the same you know those first 10 games he has one goal and one assist this season you know, that's not mm. starter-worthy material for a team fighting for the top four. You know, Callum mm. is uh, is up and, you know, he's he's in better form right now. You know, I mean, right now even Ziyech is coming back from an injury. You know, we just brought him in this season, and he's struggling mm-hmm. to get playing time. So it's it's a, it's a it's something that I wouldn't take totally seriously, but there I'm mm-hmm. sure there is some validity to it, though. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, they sold him off so that way he could have more playing time and, you know, get something in return for him. But you know, mm-hmm. I could also see him staying as well. It all kind of depends on where Chelsea finish in this top four race. Kyle, anything on this? So, and kind of, and Mason kind of touched on it a little bit, is that if he could leave with the talent they have now where will where will they be in one two three years having you know like we've seen across europe especially in spain a lot of clubs having money problems right if they're spending what was the number 120 million 150 million 
what we saw, we you know, we see a lot of clubs that are in dire need. A lot of Spanish clubs are selling players off, and we're getting uh, a lot of those other players are getting are going for dirt cheap, right? So, 150 million for four players, and let's not let's not forget that Zayac was super recruited. I would argue that he was even recruited more than Pulisic. Um, uh, at, at one time or another, um, I know Arsenal was after uh, Zietz, was after yeah. uh, Zayic because he was cheaper, I guess. Um, but like, yeah, I think it's a great point that you have one player, or sorry, four players that play. You know, we can argue rotate. You know, four players in one position, um, and he's not healthy and he doesn't stay healthy, which you know, EPL is a very demanding league, so. I do. I think he will move. No, do I see it happening in the next year or two? Yes, and I think he. I think he'll possibly lose value because I think he's gonna. I'm not gonna say he's gonna pull Ozil and just not play because he's gonna be, you know, injured. Um, but I think that he's gonna have some issues getting playing time. Um, because we already saw that with Frank. You know, Frank had um all that talent, right? But he really didn't know how to harness the weapons that he had right he and, that, and that's something was we we also discussed on the show was he has so much talent but the, all the players are so interchangeable there's no continuity mm-hmm. between all the players so and 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 we argued that that ultimately that maybe led to his downfall um so i i could see i could see him leaving and probably one to me years. specifically with pulisic it's just been the fact that when he made this big move to the EPL, the United States was just going nuts. Now, this isn't the first time we've had Americans in the EPL. I mean, we've had we've had Deuce there. We've had uh, we've had Tim Howard there. We've had two, for a certain time DeAndre Yedlin's been there. We've had guys play in the Premier League, but it just I don't think a lot of hype yeah. came much more than what Christian Pulisic did, and that's given the fact of where he came from. He came from the Dortmund system, was raised under the Dortmund system. He excelled under Borussia Dortmund, and Dortmund fine-tuned him and sold him off for a fairly decent price as an American player. And up to, up to certain points, up to this major injury, I hadn't seen anything that was going to slow him down. He had been the num- to me the number one person for the USA men's national team, and certainly was the face, the new face for USA men's soccer. It happened as even in his days at Dortmund. So seeing this kind of regression right now, going a little bit and dealing with injury issues, yeah, it makes me a little bit disappointed. But seeing this itself, I can see what Mason's talking about. It's not like they're missing a beat with him not being out there right now. With Hakeem Ziyech, with Timo Werner, with Kai Havertz and company, you could go down the list a little bit more. I just see the attack that Chelsea has. Thomas Tuchel has a lot of choices to go, and the club itself is going to have to make some considerations going into this summer. Me, personally, I can't see him leaving or being forced out this summer, but I'm not going to rule it out. And if that happens... I'll kind of watch and see. Now, for time constraints, though, a little bit, we won't go into where we could possibly see him. I'm going to think I'm going to wait until this season finishes out. And if it does happen, that's when I'll start bringing out things a little bit. But I want to watch and see him get a little bit healthier because not certainly for the Chelsea side of things. We're going to need him for the USA side of things with qualifications coming up in World Cup play and Gold Cup play this summer. So hopefully Captain America can get, can get things back together just a little bit there. So, But to wrap things up a little bit tonight, a little bit, I wanted to recap just a little bit about Champions League. We did have Champions League, the first round of the 
round of 16 games did happen. And also all the matches for the first leg for the round of 32 in Europa League happened to itself. So for me, I'll kind of leave things for a little bit from there. Obviously, being the Dortmund man, I watched the Sevilla-Dortmund match, and I can tell you right now, I had no confidence going into this game. I was absolutely dreading going into this, given Dortmund's form in league play right now, which has not been great. I was not looking forward to this match. So to my surprise, even after giving up a seventh-minute goal and a start for Sevilla, did I find to see Dahoud get a monster screamer outside of the box. And then, of course, Mr. Robot himself from Norway, Erling Holland, getting a brace in this game for a 3-1 lead at the end of the first half. Sevilla did get a goal back, so it ended up being 3-2 the final. But the biggest thing for me that I draw to take away from this is three away goals you're sitting pretty right now for Dortmund for the return leg in three weeks for Sevilla because that's now going to force Sevilla to score two goals if they want to advance. So for me, it's really sitting pretty now for Dortmund and what I confidently did not think we were going to get out of the round of 16. Now we might see a chance to get out of the round of 16 for the first time since 2013 since we made it to to the Champions League final. So that's a game for me. The other one for me, the ridiculous hat trick and we saw it even without Neymar the hat trick that Kylian Mbappe did and the number that he did on Barcelona I'm sorry I am not sure why PK was even playing in this game for Barcelona I'm dreading to see watch what their defense was but just Mbappe destroying it we we are are not not worthy worthy of Kylian Mbappe and you seem to think sometimes people forget Yes, he plays at PSG, but t- people tend to think this guy is still only 2021. 20, he has won a World Cup already with. All right, we're good. We're good. My bad there. And he is one of the best strikers, if not the best striker in the world right now. So, killing Mbappe's just performance against it. But then on the other side of things for Barcelona, just. It's just kind of a bluff performance, and it's been that way all season for Barcelona itself. So those are kind of the games that I saw for itself. Mason, anything that you saw that kind of stood out for you? I know you mentioned something about watching Juve just with our other Mr. Captain America in Western McKinney. Yeah, I definitely love me some Western McKinney. Me you know, too. The attitude, the, the hair, that man was built for Juventus. Yes. And, you know, it really kind of surprised me their flat performance against Porto. They kind of walked in like, yeah, we're Juve. We're going to do what we're going to do. And, you know, they got hit in the mouth. And they weren't ready for it. You know, they're, they're also kind of dealing with their own little new manager and bringing a club legend in Pirlo, who's going sure. through the same – I can recognize the same growing pains that Lampard went through last season. You know, right. you're down one goal two minutes into your game. And you're playing a system that probably isn't working right now. And I'm sure, I mean, I'd be, well, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in those halftime, you know, halftime team talks. But it'll be interesting. <laughs> but the thing that, you know, kind of upset me was he took Weston off, you know, you know, halfway through the second half. And Weston seemed like he was one of the guys that was actually performing. Weston has done really, really well for Juve this season, both in distributing. And even he's had, he's had a couple worldly of a worldly of a goals as well, so we interesting mm. to see if if Juve can turn things around and enter in. Well, the one big thing that I would say for them is that they did get one goal away, so they 
are setting themselves up pretty good for the return trip back in Italy. If they can hold Porto and get one goal, they would actually advance from there. But we'll kind of see what happens there a little bit. And you kind of mentioned it there, too, just about Weston McKinney. As we mentioned, Weston McKinney was on loan from Schalke. And he is a permanent signage now with Juventus. So I'm excited to see what he does there a little bit. Kyle, Arsenal, 1-1. It was a draw with Benfica, but hey, you got the away goal. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I didn't watch too much of this game, but it was not very entertaining. Um, uh, But I do know that there were several... Uh, Arsenal, I don't know if you got how much EPL that you guys watch when it comes to Arsenal. Arsenal has two, uh, realistically only one, but recently uh, Cedric Torres has been kind of blowing up the market, but uh, uh, (laughs) it's all good. I forgot his name. Uh, The wing wing back uh, from Celtic. It wasn't better, uh, was it? The Arsenal bought. <laughs> <laughs> no, God. Sorry, no, didn't mean to do that to you. <laughs> uh, if I mean, I'll give Bellerin uh, uh, the the shout out because he is. Uh, sorry, Kieran Tierney. Kieran Tierney, right? Is probably I would argue the last best left back in the EPL. Um, Right now, and uh, he's out make some of, Liverpool fans issues going on. Um, uh, whatever, I don't care. Um, so, so, but he, he would argue, I would argue that, uh, the, the, uh, over under move that he did in the, in the game the other week and then scored was just stupid, like it was amazing. And then, and, but he's been out, but Arsenal has actually inputted Cedric Soares into. Cedric Soares and Bellerin have actually run rampant. Uh, at least I felt they did in the last game, um, and uh, and they, they just Arsenal just couldn't like finish. There was there was like I think what was it the first ten minutes? Uh, Oba uh, had a had a ball come in and he just flat out, you know, it was just, just you know inside the inside the boot finish and just shanked it hard. And it just it just, it's, it that seemed like it was the biggest issue uh, is that they, they just couldn't finish. Um, and Benfica definitely had some uh, had some good chances, so I'm not going to take anything away from them. But uh, yeah, it was just it was a hmm. hard game to watch uh, from the highlights. And <laughs> but you know you know Tyler, and, and this is another thing uh, I'll throw it back to you is that another key factor to uh, worry about or think about, and I, I know this is, you know, yeah, because mm-hmm. of different uh, regulations and rules. And I know that Arsenal have to do this. Is in the second leg, a lot of these sure. teams are playing. No, they are. Sites. So, for context on this, if people don't understand or don't realize a little bit itself, what has been happening is that pretty much every team from England, be it in Europa League or in the Champions League, were forced to play in neutral sites because the governments of Spain 
and uh, Germany itself were not allowing teams from England into into their countries for games. So that forced teams of the likes of Liverpool and also with Chelsea is going to have to deal with it. Manchester City is going to have to deal with it. And Arsenal had to deal with it. These teams had to play in neutral sites, either be it in Romania or in Hungary or in Italy itself. So these are kind of things that we're looking at there. Now, the biggest question to me that I'm kind of wondering and what I'm going to be very interested and curious to see is about these return legs. These teams have to play these English teams again. And as it stands right now, they're making this trip to England for these teams. So my thought is, how do these governments let, regulate not letting these English teams into their country, but are going to allow their teams and their clubs to enter into the UK, given the situations and given the restrictions that are going on right now? Now, there is some circulating rumors and reports from the DFB, which is the German the German football governing that this probably will not happen. It's not final set in stone, but it sounds like that Germany is not going to allow their clubs to travel into the UK itself. And that is going to force back another force back another neutral site game, which potentially probably is going to happen with most of these clubs in this game in, in two, two, three weeks time champions league wise, it's got to be a quicker turnaround for Europa league because Europa league is going to turn around next week and have their return legs. So that is something that I'm going to watch for and something that is very curious and peculiar that we're going to have to take a look at there. The only other games are a couple of mentions that I said. You mentioned it there, Kyle, but with a 1-1 tie. But I mentioned the 4 nothing drubbing that Manchester United did against Real Sociedad. So unless Real Sociedad can hold Man United scoreless and literally score five goals, I expect Man United to move into the round of 16 of Europa League play. And then the other one was kind of the exciting one. Um, Rangers had to come back from down two three one they actually came back in one four three so they actually got four away goals <laughs> talk about a penalty in the 90th minute and a red card happening in that game too as well so i'm going to be watching over there steven gerrard and company because rangers has got something going a little bit not just in the scottish league but also in europa league too as well so i think we've done enough here for tonight i think we've spoken enough enough tonight here guys so again just for a reminder for people if you're listening on here Follow us on Facebook, Soccer Central News. That's where we have the posts up. We leave that form open for everybody there. That's where we talk about all things and everything about soccer. Fans from all clubs itself. This is how I was able to find, well, I already knew Mason off topic, but he was already a follower of the page itself. But I brought him in tonight, and that's how you guys can get involved too. So if you've got inquiries and questions and anything about regarding ClubWise itself, let us know on there. Send us messages. Send us these requests. And we can bring you in just like we did with Mason and get you on the program and we could talk about it a little bit in time frame. But I think another subject on that note, gentlemen, Mason, I have to say just again, thank you very much for joining us tonight. It has been an absolute pleasure to finally get somebody and not just Kyle and myself talking and rambling for hours on him, but finally getting a different perspective on somebody's take from different clubs. Yeah, no, I love to talk. I get to do it with some other people. Yes, he does indeed. So any final thoughts, Kyle, before we all get out of here? Yeah, uh, one final thought. Uh, yeah, thanks, Mason, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Tell your friends. Uh, <laughs> but uh, final thought, let's uh, – real quick, this is, my, this, is my last, this is my last thought for the night. Um, <laughs> let's give a shout-out to West Ham, uh, currently sitting fifth. And their lead, the lead goal scorer is Thomas Suchek, who's only got eight. I don't know. I don't. And and Aaron Cresswell has six assists. How they're how they're fifth? Don't know. 
Uh, shout out to West Ham. I hope they keep on playing for great. For a team that I was one of my relegation candidates, the they are certainly proving me wrong. So, yes, I have to say I apologize, Mr. David Moyes, who is a potential manager of the year candidate for West Ham. They are looking indeed very decent right now, and they are not just flirting with Europa League, but they are flirting with qualification to Champions League itself. So very good high note there, Kyle. So just once again, guys, Facebook.com, Soccer Central News. Send all your stuff from there. We'll we'll try and get a little bit more subjects on again, but we try and do this at least once a week itself. So again, for those of you who have been listening tonight, we thank you. And just a reminder, again, we did have a part one episode that we did drop a little bit earlier, so go take a listen to that. It is about the derbies that we talk about, the ones that we like and what we favor to ourselves. So for Mason Benson, who our special guest tonight, for Mr. Kyle D'Antoni, my co-host, and for me, Mr. Tyler Bates, myself, we thank you guys for joining us and listening tonight. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay well, and above all, enjoy the soccer and enjoy the weekend, everybody. Take care.